You're listening to the What Happens Now podcast with me, Mike Oldham. Everyone's been affected by the coronavirus outbreak in many different ways, but we don't want to focus on the negatives. So I'm going to do my best to bring a little bit of positivity your way by speaking to a different guest each week about the positives that might arise out of this whole situation. While we've all been cooped up at home, a lot of our habits have changed recently and some have gone out the window altogether. We can't eat out, so we're cooking more. We can't go to the pub, so we're doing more virtual pub nights on Zoom and a million different quizzes. Everyone's suddenly making banana bread. And we've been told that although we're still allowed to exercise, we can't go to the gym. There are limits on what we are allowed to do. The fitness world has, like most things, been turned upside down. It's all about the home workouts right now. Today, I'm speaking to someone who's not only a master of those home workouts, she's also someone who's adapting really quickly to the changes going on right now. Carly Rowena is a fitness instructor, and over the last couple of years, she's steadily established herself as one of the UK's top fitness influencers. She's got over 400,000 subscribers on YouTube, and she became a mum about 16 months ago, so she now creates a variety of different workouts for the whole family, including the dog. Her videos are brilliant. If you scroll through her YouTube, you'll find a video about a 10 minute upper body workout right next to one called something like porn made me think I was gay. She's not your typical fitness blogger. And I am very happy to welcome Carly Rowena to the What Happens Now podcast. Thank you for joining me, Carly. How have things been in lockdown? How has has much changed for you? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Yeah, life is very different, but I have to say for all of the negatives, and I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Lockdown has also been really wonderful for me. Um, obviously, being a new mum, I have my own business. But since being a mum last year, I felt quite trapped in that first year of, mm. you know, trying to find your feet as a mum, as parents and working. Um, I didn't have any maternity leave. So last year, I felt very, yeah, kind of trapped in the house anyway. So this year, it feels like now everybody is how I felt last year. And I actually feel a little bit more free this year because my husband's home, so he's able to help me work and take care of our child. All of my exercise classes are now online, so I can get to them from rolling out of my bed. I can get straight to the exercise class. Um, And I just feel like I'm having more quality time. And I, I... I feel a lot freer than I did before. I just miss touching everybody. <laughs> yeah, I know. That is that is the thing, isn't it? And your husband's a, a fitness blogger as well, isn't he? Fitness yeah. YouTuber as well. Yeah, we're both identical people. Um, he does his <laughs> with his best friend. Um, and they kind of, very much like you, they do it from kind of the dad side now. They've kind of moved into that market. Um, and they are your average guys that have a great body, but also will go to the pub with you and have a pint. They're not all about, you know, being completely strict, which is lovely. Does that mean that you do you do your workouts completely separate? Completely separately. Because I think it's a bit like if you have a masseuse in the family, they don't come home and give you a massage. So it's definitely <laughs> the same with him. Um, when we're both doing it, when we come home, it's the last thing we think about. But we have we both love CrossFit, and since this has kind of all been in lockdown, we've done a couple of CrossFit sessions together while our little girl naps, and that's been really nice. And in lockdown, I mean, you, you say that because it, it sounds like you've kind of had a running start at it. You've been used to this kind yeah. of lifestyle. But do you still have – because the whole, the whole point of this podcast really is to focus – ideally on the positives it's obviously looking at what people are going through at the moment and there will be negatives with that are you finding that you're having good days and bad days at home yeah definitely I think the first week everybody nearly divorced their partner I think (laughs) from when I've spoken to everyone the first week was not a good week for relationships and it was just that turmoil week of especially in the industry I'm in of kind of brands starting to say that they're going to postpone things, cancel things, um, clients freaking out about how to move forward. There was just that huge uncertainty. uncertainty. 
And then when they finally said what we were going to actually do, I feel like week three onwards has kind of slowly got better. And now I'd actually say, while they're a good and bad day, they feel more people are getting more nervous about how we're going to go back to what was our reality before um, and how we're going to move on from that. But yeah, there's always good and bad days. I definitely also say they tend to go with the weather. If the weather's beautiful and sunny, everyone's much happier. And as soon as it goes rainy like it is now, the mood really shifts a lot lower. Yeah, we've had a we've had a more challenging week, I would say, this week. The the clouds I've actually got the light on in here and it's like three o'clock in the afternoon yeah, because it's it's, it's just been dark and stormy and but yeah, last week was amazing. It was all sunny. I, I completely agree with you. It does seem to go kind of with the weather. So tell us a little bit of um of background if you can. How do you summarize yourself? I mean, I've just done it, but how do you kind of summarize <laughs> and, and tell people what you do? I am 32 and I would call myself mainly a personal trainer. Uh, I work with clients online and in person and I host retreats around the world that people come along to. So we've done Kilimanjaro together. We did the Inca Trail in Peru. This year we were meant to be doing three volcanoes in Bali. Obviously that's postponed. And then alongside that, I have an online presence on YouTube, a blog, Instagram, where I have a following on there of people all around the world and I give out as much free information to try and help them with fitness, love and motherhood, a little mixture of everything. Right. Okay. And how, how's that kind of evolved then? Did it start with you doing these retreats in the first place and then going into the social media or how did, how did no, it begin? No, um, not at all. I used to actually be in marketing for BMW and Mini about oh, wow. gosh, how many years ago is it now? Eight years ago, I was working there. And it was an amazing job, but you know when you just know that that isn't where you want to be in like 30 year time. And I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't really have a talent. You know when people grow up and they're like, they're going to be a doctor, a dancer, something. There was just me who could kind of do most things, but nothing stood out. So it was really hard to kind of find that area of where to go to figure out who I was meant to be. And I even used to type into Google, what is Carly's dream job? I was like, I've got to find it. Um, <laughs> And uh, just never, ever understood what it was. So I actually went on YouTube before being a personal trainer and used it as kind of like a talent search, a bit like X Factor, and was just uploading videos of myself trying different things to see where my passions were. And um, it was then that my following slowly grew and people were like, did you know you're really good at fitness? And exercise has been something I'd always done since I was a child, but I never thought about doing it as a job. Um, and it wasn't until my followers kind of said, you should, you should try this as a full-time job, mm. that I then did that alongside. And then, amazingly, the two have grown together. It's been an incredible ride. It's been amazing. I don't think I've ever heard anybody describe their situation, and it so <laughs> accurately describes my situation right now. <laughs> so basically, yeah, as, as I've said many times, I lost my, my brand new job. So I've been working in events for about 10 years. And before that, worked in radio and and broadcasting but i i've exactly the same never really that's really fascinating because never really knowing what you want to do you kind of do find yourself reaching out to other people and asking them you know what am i good at i was always like literally typing what is carly's dream job and if you're good at a lot of things like if you're a people pleaser and you, you're quite adaptable you do, do just take on more and more tasks but if you don't know what area you want to go to you can't study for it or go down a certain route because there's so many areas that you would pick so you end up not picking any of them. So it becomes really complicated. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that does yeah, it really hit so. <laughs> so that's amazing. So from from there, you kind of picked up the following. And then how did you get into doing the the retreats, the the things abroad? 
So the following kind of slowly grew, and then I've always wanted to do a lot of these things. I always wanted to do Kilimanjaro, but mm. while I have amazing friends and family, I don't have anyone in my life who wants to do that. And I thought, how many other people around the world don't have friends or family that want to do those things? And I realized that if I could create this kind of event that people will come to where they have me in common, I don't know them, but they know me. I'm their safe person. We come along, we have a load of fun together and we create groups of people that are like-minded. Um, again, going back to how you're feeling at the moment, trying to find your dream career, it's very similar on retreats. People come away and they usually end up like leaving a partner, quitting a job, moving to a different place, because when you're around people who are like-minded, you start to see your potential. And that's generally what happens from the retreat, especially the Kilimanjaro one. It was such an intense retreat that when we got back, people were leaving partners and changing jobs and they all became friends for lifelong, which is amazing. And for me, that's gonna always be my favorite part because you're just watching, you know, like as a trainer, I get an hour with someone a day. There's 23 other hours where they could be doing so many things. But when you're with someone on a retreat for like 10 to 12 days, you can really, you can really transform them and see the kind of areas that you can help them with. Yeah, and being away for intense periods of time, it kind of reminds me, when I was younger, I did a summer camp USA kind of thing. And you're away for like, I don't know how long it was, six, eight weeks. And it's so intensive. It's like being in Big Brother or something. It really, you, you must get to know yourself pretty well. What was the, what was yeah. the most difficult one that you've, you've uh, done? Which is the most difficult challenge? Yeah, um, Kilimanjaro is definitely the most difficult one. And I was so not thinking that it would be, but the altitude sickness. And then we had one of the worst storms they'd ever had on our last night. So you kind of go to bed and you wake up to do sunrise hike and there'd been no snow. And then we woke up and the snow had completely covered our tent and was <laughs> above our thigh. And what was meant to be a four hour hike was a 12 hour hike. Um, most people didn't actually make it the, other, the part of the other groups and a couple of our girls got frostbite. So it was very interesting, but I, I know it sounds dramatic. Those things, the kind of things that go wrong or that you wouldn't expect are what unites you guys so much closer. And I think that's why that team is so close now. It was such an incredible experience. That's amazing. Yeah, I remember watching on TV. Do you remember Chris Smiles yes. did that? I think it must be for Sport them. Relief. Yeah, so they did theirs with Exodus and we had the same team that they had. So they oh. gave us some inside scoops on them and um, sounded like they had a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so looking at the at the fitness then, you've moved more into that. Has has having a family, has having a baby impacted on that? Yeah, definitely. So fitness has always been a passion and there's always been that element to my content. Obviously, when I was pregnant, there was still not many people showing that they're working out while they're pregnant. And there was quite a lot of negativity. I was being told I was going to lose my baby because I was exercising. Oh. Um, the amount of press pieces I had to do trying to educate people that exercise is great when you're pregnant if you feel up to it. Um, so I was kind of, my niche started changing there. I was getting a lot of people just kind of closely watching to see how that journey would go. And then since having Jack, trying to show people how they can actually fit exercise into the day when they have a little one or several little ones. Um, and how to do it as a family. Um, it's been really interesting. I love sharing it. Yeah, totally. And it, is it something you do every single day? So, I mean, I always move because for me, exercise is just movement. So whether we're walking or we're dancing in the house, which is always happening, always dancing around the house, or I'm doing a CrossFit session or a bodyweight session, yeah, there's always something happening. 
definitely eat my weight in cake, love my food and have days where I just want to relax and stuff. But movement is always going to be a part of my life. That was going to be my next question. How do you balance the bad side of things? Because I think one of the <laughs> one of the most difficult things in lockdown, out of lockdown, whatever, one of the most difficult things about fitness I found is keeping a, a kind of a routine when you break the routine. It's it's fairly easy getting into a routine of, let's say, going to the gym twice, three times a week. But it's when you stop that then it becomes really difficult. But also the other thing I've always found really difficult to balance is I've never been one for kind of dieting. It's always been trying to find the balance between doing some exercise and then eating all the crap and drinking all the, be <laughs> the beer and everything at the weekend. So what are the, what's the secret? How do you do it? Um, there, if there was a secret, my gosh, would I be selling it? Um, <laughs> there is no secret in all honesty. It is just knowing that there is no bad food for you. It's just how much you have. Of the single ingredients and exercise really is movement so I just see so many people especially when lockdown happened being like I can't get to the gym I can't see my trainer I can't do my classes and I was like but this is your time to kind of start new and now you could go for a run if you want to or a walk if you want to or a home workout and now you, that we're all home we actually have more time than ever to focus on upping our recipe skills and creating new meals that we want to keep once lockdown's over it's really not complicated. It's just become really overcomplicated via the internet. <laughs> yeah. And in, term, in terms of that, because I think sometimes the problem is that things move, you know, you, you read one week to, to eat certain things or a certain type of diet, and then something might kind of myth bust that and throw it out the window. And as you say, it is about finding um, a kind of balance and not eating too much of those bad things. But do you find that you ever do kind of dip into diets and, and different styles of eating and, and exercising? Or have you kind of got one that works for you and you follow that? So I think the reason why there is always so many different types of diets and why people myth buff, myth, can't even say that, myth buff. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Um, generally, it's just because we're all completely different. So you're nothing like me and I'm nothing like you. So no one diet is ever going to suit anybody. And it's understanding where you're at in your life, what you're doing with your day and what you would like from your body. And a lot of us are just kind of following all these different things, hoping, but we haven't figured out who we are. So I know that I love food. I could eat food all day long. So in order to eat the amount of food that I want to eat, I'm going to have to make sure that most of my day I'm kind of still moving around and that I do some form of exercise per day. Um, but a lot of people are kind of just focusing on trying to move and then eating whatever they like. And I just think you need to figure out where you're at. So if you're someone who sits on your bum all day, then you're definitely going to have to look at your diet because you're not going to be able to move enough. But if you're someone who's moving around all day, you won't have to worry so much. Um, it's just kind of figuring out what your kind of identity is first. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how is your uh, routine now in, in lockdown? Has it changed at all? Yeah, my routine is amazing now. I, I kind of try not to say too much because I know a lot of people are really hating it and I totally can understand it from that way. But um, prior to lockdown, I was up at 5 a.m. working and doing all my emails and then going to go and teach classes from 6 a.m. and then getting back to swap with my husband so he could go out for the day and I would have our little girl Jax. Um, and then I could only then really work during her nap time and then once she'd gone to bed at 7 so it was a very long day for me and it was quite difficult to get a lot of work done. Now it's kind of, I wake up at like half seven, eight, whenever Jax wakes up and we all have breakfast together. 
and then she goes down for a nap and we go do a CrossFit session together. And then we kind of take it in turns to work throughout the day with one of having her and then heading out for a walk in the afternoon with our dogs. So for me, I feel like I have more help than ever. Um, and yeah, I definitely feel more productive and like I've got a lot more done. And so for me, it's actually been wonderful. <laughs> God, I'm I'm quite envious because our schedule, we basically in the first week of lockdown, we drew up this color coded, beautiful <laughs> schedule. And it was like, get up in the morning, maybe do something educational with Marley, our little boy. And then one of us can have the morning to kind of get stuff done, whether that's me having a look for jobs or doing this, you know, preparing for um, podcast interviews. And my wife, who's a jeweler, she would go out to to the workshop. Then when we got I think it all went out of the window when we were properly locked down because she wasn't able to go into her workshop anymore. We were both at home, so much like yourselves. But unfortunately, the the color coded schedule was it stayed on the wall. But I don't think we looked at it for about three weeks. <laughs> and then, I, but I it's think really it just... hard. And you guys aren't used to working from home with each other, are you? So no, no. no. So that's totally different. If you've never had that, like even for me, that's why I think that first week for a lot of people was danger week relationship wise. <laughs> I've been used to working from home for several years. The only difference was that now my husband is here with me and it was kind of molding him into this. So if you're going to be here, then we need to kind of do it that way. And then it's become easy. But if you don't work together at home, that is a whole new thing to discover about yourselves. Yeah. It's like moving in with each other all over again. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. It is. It's exactly like that. And and with us, it wasn't that we were working. That's almost the strange thing about it. Our days would kind of blur past. It, it, they would fly by, even though we'd both not be working. But it's just because our three-year-old's home and normally he'd be in nursery. Now he's home and we've got to keep him entertained. And there are days, you know, going back to what I said earlier about have there been good and bad days. For us, we've had good days with the sun shining. We've gone out for our, our daily exercise and then we're in the garden and playing with him. And then there's the bad days where it's like, which movie do we put in front of him now? And it's just, and he's, he's at the age because he's come up to four. So he's, you know, he'll lap it up. He'll watch TV all day long if he can. And we're just trying so hard not to do that. But just to get dinner made or to get something done, sometimes that's your kind of opportunity. So it's good to hear from someone who's actually managed to nail the routine and has advice on how to kind of keep fit while doing it as well. Yeah, and I think also, um, don't forget, Jax is only 16 months, so she is still, I mean, she's walking around, she's learning, she's at a really fun age where she doesn't really know much about TV, and she kind of just wants to be with us, she's still napping twice during the day, so I, I don't know what I will do when she does not nap, because that is the main work time, so I'm with people, if you've got kids that are older, it is so much harder, because they need more, and also there's the pressure of kind of homeschooling, so I am not at that stage, so I can see how hard that can be. For us right now, it is like dancing and playing with the dog. The dog has been amazing because the dog is doing a lot of babysitting, which is incredible. What type um, of dog is it? A little French bulldog. He's called Steven. He's five. Um, and they're best buddies. <laughs> I don't think he knows half the games that he's participating in throughout the day. <laughs> but he is in loads of games. <laughs> I, I think I have actually seen him in the background of some of your videos already. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> what, and what about Jax? Does Jax ever, is she at the age where she can get involved with a workout? Can you do anything with her? Yeah, um, so when she was newborn, I used to do um, like bodyweight workouts with her. Yeah. Um, and then until she was about eight months, she would actually come with me to the CrossFit box because she was at that potato stage where they don't move. So that was great. Mm. She would just sit there and watch. 
and I could do a full session and she was very happy. But I think because I was pregnant and in the CrossFit box, she was very used to the noises, so it felt a bit like home. Um, but now that she's walking, I can't take her to like a box or a gym, but she comes down with us if she's decided she doesn't want to sleep and she will happily dance around us and try and pick up the dumbbells and the kettlebells. And um, she's very used to us doing movements. So I'm hoping that that will be a positive for her moving forward. One of the questions actually I was going to ask you is, is also, because I, I do some uh, blogging about being a dad and one kind of ongoing debate that we have, I guess, in our house is how much we expose Marley to social media and whatnot. And to be honest, I, I put him up there quite a lot. You know, I'm, I'm, so I know some people kind of don't, they blur out the face of their kid or, or do this or that. And it is an ongoing debate with, with everybody. How much do you do it? And we do it quite a lot. But have you, is that something that you've kind of um, yeah. consciously thought about? Do you have any issues with that? Or how, how does it work? Definitely. So when I was pregnant, I was like, no, I'm not going to be a mummy blogger. I'm not really going to share her. I'm just going to kind of try and continue as I am. And then I think you have a child and you realize that they are attached to your hips. So it's really hard to do anything without. And I remember getting like some brand deals in and trying to shoot them without Jax being in it. But then Jax would be crawling all over me or screaming because she wanted to be with me. And I was like, I'm just going to have to put her in if I'm going to get this done. So she started kind of appearing in my work more. And I realized that I can't really separate the two because right now she's with me the majority of mm. the time. When she is going to school or she's in nursery full time, that can change. But I try to share the realities of my life. And that is that I'm a mom and she's with me. So I've kind of accepted that. I try to not share everything about her and I keep a lot for just us. Um, but I actually ask my audience how a lot of them feel. And so many of them are only following me for Jacks. I think now. Um, so I guess a lot of people feel like they're in my family and they want to see her. But I think everyone feels that way. And also if she's in a job with me, I put 20% like tax, 20% into a bank account for her. So that she okay. felt like I haven't been using her, she will still get the money. So, but I, I, everyone feels that way. I just, she's too much of a part of my life to try and blur her out. I would probably feel like I was hiding something on social media if I did. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? I've I've still not quite got my head around it. And Marley's almost four, but sometimes you kind of think, but he makes you know any video that you do, it's not going to be funny if it's just me. It's going to be hilarious if he's in it. No. But then then you're I like, agree. Oh. When you work on I agree. If you work on your own as well, sometimes I feel like my personality doesn't come out because it's just me talking on my own. So when you have her in it or somebody else, it's like, oh, people can see you in a better light. Um, and also, I wouldn't ever, like, if Jax was screaming or unhappy, it's not like you would never fake social media to have them in it. It's only if it's a real moment that gets to go up. I would never want to try and push her into something to get her online. That's not the idea. No, exactly. And I think there's there's a, a quite obvious line to most right-thinking people that's like, okay, let's not share that yeah, kind of, yeah. you know, mucky nappy or, or, you know, really sort of intimate things. It's just like, let's not do that. And I think we've we've... We've not quite got that line on the same wavelength, my wife and I, but we're we're getting there. <laughs> but it is, yeah, it is, it is, it's it's a con constant sort of um, thing that goes on in your head, isn't it? And you mentioned, yeah, I've had, yeah. I've had that discussion with quite a few people who a lot of my friends do blur out their children's faces, mm, or they yeah. have actually never shared them, and I totally respect that. In some ways, um, sometimes I kind of envy that because. 
I don't know later if I'm going to feel bad for doing it, but right now I'm comfortable with the level that she's in it and she's happy in it at the same time. So I'm just going to leave it. Yeah, I think that's right as well. Not yeah, if you're kind of coercing her, then yeah. <laughs> and and you mentioned the the brand work. You you said earlier that some of the brands had kind of said, I guess, like every company out there, let's put a pause on this, that, and the other. Have you found that the the brands as a whole are still kind of providing as much work or as many collaborations, or has it has it dried up? Is there more opportunities? How's it gone? Yeah. So. In honesty, this was going to be probably one of my biggest years for um, long-term commitment with brands, which is obviously something that everyone strives for. Um, and obviously, kind of being my first year that Jax was going to be a nursery, I was really ready to have more time working. Um, and pretty much all of them, but one, have been postponed for the time being. So with kind of like, you know, postponed, I would say cancelled, but postponed is what we're all using. Um and I, I understand why, because for a lot of them, they need the events first. They need you to, I also think there's the worry about trying to get your followers to buy something, which I understand. We're not in a buyer's market. Well, some people are, but most of us are not in a buyer's market right now. So you kind of have to be very sensitive in that way. So mm. most brands have postponed. The other thing that's happening now is brands are diversifying and how they're working with you so I'm finding there's a lot more online like could I create some online videos can I wear this outfit for them to share on their platforms because obviously all these brands are now unable to use their models or take photos so they kind of need that real content so there's definitely work coming back in in a different way very clever there's just all these kind of online retreats and seminars and just different ways of working together that mm. are very fast and kind of wanted the next day which is a little bit tricky but people are definitely thinking outside the box so there is work it's just different it's amazing isn't it it really has impacted everything and like you say for some for some industries it really is a buyer's market and I was going to stop you halfway through because I saw your video the other day where you'd bought all of the the outfits and whatnot yeah. so for some people like, it shopping. is <laughs> it is so a total yeah, buyer's every, market yeah I mean every kind of brand obviously still wants people to buy so the amount of gifted items that I'm being sent and I guess a lot of other creators are being sent right now is quite extreme because they want you to wear so I, very tiny being sent outfits from places which is wonderful because they know that you'll share it but that at the same time is still it's free publicity for them it doesn't earn us anything on our side so you know if you have a mortgage and stuff that's not going to pay the bills but it's lovely to receive and maybe it will end up with a partnership later on um, but yeah, it's tricky. And there's also so many charities about now that, of course, you want to help. There's a lot of emails about doing complimentary work and can you help with this charity and can you create this challenge? Um, and that's quite tricky to try and navigate at the moment to make sure you're kind of picking the right the right charities to help, the right causes. Um, there's a lot floating about at the moment. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because I, I suppose one of the things is that companies not only have to rethink what they're doing but they've also got a, everybody has a little bit more time to really think about things you know quite often companies work on the basis of well we've done this with influencers before so it'll work in the yeah. future now it's like well the rule book's been completely ripped up we can try something new and I guess in the meantime while especially charities aren't bringing in as much money they will be looking for any opportunity they they can which i suppose is is a good thing but it is a, like you say it's a challenge 
yeah, it's just trying to make sure that you stay authentic to what you were always trying to create and that you're creating good content and I guess that you're building relationships for future while also protecting your followers who might be in a really negative situation or a positive situation. Like the gym industry has flourished since the lockdown because the amount of people buying home equipment, you can't get a kettlebell or a dumbbell right now. Mm. Everyone's bought it to have their home equipment. And that's incredible. The gym industry is doing amazing. Um, and I know the personal trainers, if they're online, are, their books are full, which is incredible. And online workout classes are full. Um, and hopefully maybe in future, those kind of things can stay to some degree because being able to work out online from your home is so good for people who maybe don't want to go out or can't go out. So there's, there's lots of positives from some of the industries that are flourishing. Yeah. And have you noticed a big difference in your follower numbers? Have they been going up more rapidly or how's it been going? Yeah. So I would say there's been a real fluctuation. The first couple of weeks they went up um, because I think people were like, ah, find all the workout routines, yeah. find everything you can do from home. And then the last week or so, I think people have started being like, I actually just don't want to be online for a while. And I think people are going through that phase where they just need a bit of a break from all of it. A bit like when you go on a diet and then you go on your holiday and you're like, yeah, I'm off the diet now. I think it's it's like the same thing happens with social media. It's always very kind of up and down depending. And then I think when this all is over, I think you'll probably find social media comes up again because people will be wanting to see what everyone's doing. Yeah, when it's back to normal. Like you said before, people will kind of be be worrying now about how it is going back to normal rather than in in lockdown do you get do you get a lot of interaction with your followers what kind of things do do people ask yeah um, i love engaging that's kind of the main reason why i'm online is actually having a strong community so at the moment there's so many questions from people about mental health because of people a lot of people for me i'm lucky i have my family with me but a lot of people are on their own for six weeks six weeks on your own is intense um especially if you don't have a garden and it, yeah that's I wouldn't wish that on anybody. So there's a lot of like self-care tips, but not in the way of, you know, face masks and painting nails. It's like, what do I do to take care of myself right now? Um, if I'm not in a positive place, lots of people asking that. Um, but also lots of people asking things like, what food can I eat because I'm bored of my meals? Um, what kind of music are you listening to? So I need new playlists, books, really the simple stuff that's just reaching out like a friend, which is really nice. Yeah. Ever any weird questions? Uh, I'm sure oh, you yeah. do. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, I get a lot. This I was li I was going live yesterday for a Q and A, and this one guy just kept writing if I would let him pie me in the face. Literally, every third comment was, "Please, will you let me pie you in the face?" And I was like, "Well, if you can get here and do it social distancing wise, then yes, of course." Um, I've had the you know people offering. One guy sends me every Monday an email. He wants to give me $700 for if I will send him my Monday morning Wii. $700 oh, every week. <laughs> Monday, but, but what's, what's course, great about that is it's specifically Monday. <laughs> yeah, Monday morning. Um, I just, I tried to Google it to see what he could do. And then I was thinking, you know, things get really bad. $700 is quite a lot. I could just use Steven, my dog, instead. Yeah, or or um, give him, give him my yeah, email address. I'm, yeah, I'm good. we can share this um but yeah so there is some funny ones and i there's always the foot remarks you know if your feet are accidentally in a picture or a video so yeah there's always the funny ones but you know they kind of make your day to be oh, fair totally. the only the only well there's loads of downsides to them but one of the downsides <laughs> is 
if you do want to do a live thing, you're always at the mercy of some idiot being there, aren't you, popping up? You can't really do much about that. That's difficult. Yeah, but you know what? When they do pop up, it's either funny or your following just completely gets rid of them. Like this guy that kept coming up and saying the pie in the face, it was funny to begin with. And then my followers were just like get, hurling abuse at him in a funny way, fans <laughs> yeah, yeah. back and forth. Um, but that happens across the board. Like you get, you can get some negative comments on any of your platforms. Um, I never ever respond unless I can think of something really witty. But usually you find your followers do, and then it kind of just turns into this main banter session. Have you ever have you ever seen James Blunt on uh, Twitter? Yes. Or he's really good. He, he's so funny. He is one of my top people to watch if you just want to kind of be like yeah that's how the world's going today <laughs> yeah totally he, he he just really gets it doesn't he? he knows how to respond to people what what about the you mentioned that you really enjoy the interaction with your followers etc mm -hmm. what what are the best things about what you do what do you enjoy the most well the best thing is I have friends all over the world that I don't know yet so that's always incredible. I'm really lucky that I get to travel normally. And um, I've been all over the world and I bump into people that know me, that I don't know them, that they know my life. And they, it's really creepy to explain it like that. But we were in New Zealand um, for Christmas. We took a month out in a camper van and just traveled. Um, and we were in Queenstown. I, generally, I've met between five and 15 people everywhere we went. And people would just kind of come to you and be like, Hi, Carly. Hi, Leon. Hi, Jack. I love your channel. Wow. Um, I just wanted to give you a recommendation at that place. It would be really nice. And that is so, I mean, it's always awkward for about five seconds because for a split minute, I'm like, have I forgotten you? Have I met you? Are you like a cousin or a friend or someone from school? Um, and then you just realize that, no, they follow you and, and they feel like they know you and they do. And you've just got to catch up and know them. And it kind of gives me a bit of like security around the world. It's just like having, yeah friends everywhere it's really nice oh I was in Yosemite and we stupidly lost our car keys on the top of a mountain that was a great moment for me and um, <laughs> I tweeted and the amount of people that were like I'll send you this and we can send you that and this rental company will help you and that's wonderful to just have people connecting you because they follow you but I don't know that that's that's amazing yeah that's a big positive isn't it yeah I, I, there isn't that many negatives other than you know when you kind of get trolling but that that is generally what just happens on online and I'm, I don't tend to get that too much apart from when I was pregnant so the main positive definitely is just kind of having this friendship network and no day is ever the same I, I never know even now in lockdown I never know what day what's going to happen or who's going to want to connect with me and and where my channel or my job is going to finish because it's not linear. It doesn't have to just stay with fitness. It will follow with the life that I'm leading or the way the world is working. And that's really exciting. And do you, do you kind of, is there a community for you rather than just your followers, but do you go to events where other fitness um, bloggers and YouTubers and things go and do you meet those people? Yeah, so when I first started out, there were about 10 of us that all went to an event with Nike at the very beginning, and we've all grown together and seen each other go up in different in different ways. Um, there's always events that you'll always bump into other people that you follow. Some of my best friends are now from social media. In fact, one of the girls who I met eight years ago designed her wedding ring, came to my wedding, um, and I, I see frequently, and that's from online. And then even with the people that follow me, when I have my retreats, those people generally end up 
they're in my phone book. They're not followers anymore. They're people who I meet up with for cake, for coffee. Same as they turn into a client. You know, they get to know me more personally and they generally become friends. Although I can't become friends with all of those people, the people that kind of break the net and come more into my life. It's, it's an amazing feeling having more friends. That's really nice because it's almost like a a supercharged NCT group or something, isn't it? You know, yeah. like when, when we moved to when we moved to London from Edinburgh, we we have been here. How long have we been here? About five years. So just before we had Marley and uh, we didn't know that many people here. But having a kid was the best way to make friends. So having a having a kind of 400 and however many thousand followers on YouTube, it's it's yeah. When we had Jack. And I did have an antenatal group, but um, because I was, I didn't give myself maternity leave, I went kind of straight back into work and it's an odd job I get to be doing. I didn't get that close to the people I get as a group, but I ended up having all of these other expectant mums online or people going through the same thing that kind of became my online antenatal group. And yeah. so I ended up with thousands of people that kind of would speak to me at two in the morning when I was breastfeeding and, and yeah, just kind of created my own one. It's important, isn't it, to have networks, especially at that time. I don't mean two o'clock in the morning. I mean when you're <laughs> when you've just had a baby. It was good to have it at two o'clock in the morning, but then I didn't spend on Amazon. It was much better to have people texting me than me going shopping at like two a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true, very true. So I guess going back to the the kind of focus of this podcast, it's all about looking at how we come out of this this crisis. I know that going back to normal doesn't necessarily mean shooting straight back to where we were before. So I guess what I'm interested to find out is what do you think your future looks like? Is it going to go on the same trajectory it's been going on, your, your, what you do, or is it, do you think it's gonna change? And if so, how do you think it's gonna change? And I do appreciate that's a very difficult question to answer. I think if I'm thinking about it from my situation, I don't think we go back to what we had before because I don't think you can. I think people will be quite changed by this. And also there's the element of this could happen again in a million other ways. So I think now, I mean, growing up, I never imagined I could be put on lockdown for six weeks and told not to work and have my money stopped. So now that that is something I know is a potential, you can't eradicate that. Out. So, uh, I will personally be doing a lot more online, like a lot more online clients and a lot more online classes and creating more of a space for people to meet online. Um, and with my retreats, obviously my, my end goal is to have a place in another country that is a full-time retreat space. If this was to happen again, that would not be a great business idea because I can't do it. So I've definitely kind of got to change how my retreats would work moving forward if this was to happen again. So I think it will probably be smaller groups and um, maybe less far away and um, cater to that kind of audience for seeing where the world's going to go. So it's definitely going to change. And I think with personal training and with actual gyms, I think from this, a lot of people have learned that they don't have to go to a gym, but they can work out at home. So I think in that respect, it's going to change how a lot of people do move which I think is exciting and it opens up doors for definitely new trainers, uh, but it's a new way to think. So yeah. it's exciting, but I, I definitely got to adapt. Also, with not just from fitness, but social media. Um, I'm lucky because I have my online clients and I have products that I can sell. Um, because much like you with the whole, um, the idea that the government's put out, for us to be able to claim, we have to completely stop using our social media 
although our social media doesn't always earn us anything unless there's an ad, it, to show that we can't work, we'd have to shut our social media down. Oh, wow. Now, if I was to shut my social media down for six weeks, I wouldn't have social media to come back to. So we can't claim anything from our side either because technically we're still working even though we're not earning. Um, so that's definitely made me think about how I would want to earn my money in future. Do I want to rely on brands and social media? No, I want to make sure I have my own products that I can create and look after myself. And have you started, is that something that you've begun already? Yeah, I already had um, my home workout cards. So it's like a pack of cards with exercises on it um, for home, pregnancy and gym. Um, so that was amazing. And I've been selling that from home. So that's been great. But otherwise, I think I'd definitely create maybe like a subscription service or kind of more of my own platform on my blog that has the videos and maybe people, you know, subscribe to that and they pay an amount for classes. I think that would probably be a move a way to move forward um, with the way it's been. And how, how do you think, again, not an easy question to answer, but how do you think things will change more generally? Do you, do you think in time things will sort of drip back to, to where we were? Or do you think there's we've been in lockdown for long enough that there's a lasting kind of legacy of the whole coronavirus crisis? I think for the younger generation, I think that will drip back quite quickly and go back to normal quite quickly. But I think for the young, uh, sorry, for the older generation, my parents are in their late 70s. I think that's going to have a real lasting effect on the older generation because they're, they my parents were always very independent, but I've already noticed that they are very wary of everything. I don't think my dad will feel comfortable now with just going out and, and hugging people or being in close confinements or being in restaurants where he's really close to people. It's definitely changed. You know, they used to go to the shop to go get their food shopping. I think they'll stay doing it online now. I think you'll find people who are older and have been quite scared by this, or maybe they're quite scared of their own health, that they will probably recluse more. Um, but I think it's the younger generation that kind of, you know, that invincible age where mm. nothing gets to us. I think we'll all go back to normal, but I think it will have a lasting effect for people that are over kind of 60 plus who never expected that to happen. And now do you feel quite scared, I think is probably the right word. Yeah. Yeah. It is in interesting, isn't it? Because my parents are in the 70s as well. And I think up until two months ago had never, ever ordered not they've ordered some stuff online, but they're not huge buyers of online things and they'd never had online deliveries from a supermarket and now as you say although that's not necessarily a huge indicator of things changing it's maybe been a, a catalyst for them to embrace technology and the internet where they probably were a bit reluctant to do it before because they've been forced to they've maybe had, had to do that so in some ways that's positive i mean some people argue that there's more negatives than positives out there online but I think it has been a good thing for production. I think that a positive with the older generation, which we've really noticed, is every, I mean, we're having it tonight. We have quiz night. I think everyone now has quiz night. Yeah, quiz yeah. is the coolest thing ever now. Uh, we have quiz night with my family tonight. My sister, who lives in Switzerland, and my mum and dad. So that will be amazing. And I think I actually feel more connected to my favourite people in my life than I ever have before. Because I feel like the quality of time that's being spent with each other has been far more improved because you're literally you're having fun you're not sitting there on your phones with each other you're not you know just popping into you're actually spending quality time checking and seeing how they are i think if that can stay that is amazing for the whole population because the mental health effects of the fact that we're calling and asking how people are and checking in on 
neighbors and people in our street that we never knew before with that space that would be amazing um that's one thing you know the clapping just the clapping at eight o'clock people coming out and clapping the nhs it is just that's an incredible thing that's come out from this um and you don't know how many people that feel alone and maybe didn't see anyone for weeks on end before this happened now get to see a whole street come alive and get checked on when they never did before that's incredible it is incredible and i think as well there's an element of British miserableness sometimes where people are like they're not as keen to get involved in these big things I think that's been not completely eradicated but by doing the things like the Thursday night clapping for the NHS it does make you just feel a bit more kind of positive and and upbeat and happy and as exactly as you say I've been speaking to my family and friends more and I'm getting messages from people who I might normally get a sort of football text from or a kind of funny a funny image but that's it they're kind of getting in touch and saying how are you doing how's life you know how's the job hunt whatever and it's it's just nice it's just really really same i've I've had like you know girl chats where the girls are talking about their partners we've had like a relationship chat nights we've had um my husband's doing i mean i'm very tired of cod right now the uh, the game that all men seem to love playing um but it's made the girls get together and do different things um and yeah it's just been wonderful to kind of catch up with people and i definitely as a new parent i feel like i have been able to see people more because normally you know once your little ones are in bed you're kind of like what else can you kind of do i'm i'm having quiz night every night or facetime nights or i'm doing a live meditation with someone on the other side of the world like that's awesome that never happened before um, so yeah, that in itself would be amazing if that continues. I would love that. Yeah, I would too. And it's funny what, what you said earlier about um, fa- us being at an age where, you know, you can phase out the nap time for the yeah. toddler. So Marley, we, we've done that to kind of give ourselves back our evening. Because when he was having a two hour nap or an hour and a half nap in the day, it just meant he was going to bed at like 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> so now we're kind of, we've, we've bought our, um, we knacker him out and we've bought our evenings back. So it's been great. Uh. Amazing. <laughs> so the last couple of questions that I've got for you, Carly, I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for joining me. The, the two questions that I'm asking everybody are, first of all, what do you miss the most from normal life? I, I just want to touch people. <laughs> <I just laughs> In the nicest way I just, possible. I'm, yeah, I'm such a tactile person. And uh, I just I just miss hugging people massively. Um, I've had a couple of occasions where I've seen my my best friend from a distance, and as much as I say, all oh, this connection is amazing, I feel like the lack of me being able to touch her makes me feel a little bit less loved because I'm just so I just want to be in. Um, so for me, I just want to I just want to touch people. <laughs> okay, well that's a good answer. And what do you reckon? <laughs> let Let's say we went back to normal, complete normal tomorrow. What's the first thing you'd you'd go out and do? and touched her um i go to i, I would yeah I, I just and i go to the beach i miss the beach i know you know we're not meant to go and do those things so i haven't been doing them i know people have but i, I miss the beach on a sunny day i just want to go to the beach with my family and just play that's that's the only other thing. there's nothing else i massively miss because you know food and stuff yes it'd be great to have a coffee shop yes i'd love to go see my crossfit box but I, I just want to be able to have the freedom to go to the beach if I wanted to, or Thetford Forest if I wanted to, and I just want to touch my friends. That's that's it. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Because this, especially this time of year, the sun's coming out. The weather, yeah. well, not to, not today, but the weather's kind of due to get better. And all you kind of want to do is chill out with friends and family and be outside. And that's what do you want of... to do? What's the one thing you want to do? 
I think when being, people say it, we think we want loads of things, but we actually don't want loads of things. I don't, I don't think it is the big things that we miss. No, it's interesting as well, because what you said was the kind of touching of people. And I definitely do miss that. But it's almost just the kind of being with people, you know, having calls on Zoom or Skype or whatever. It is great. And it's much better than not having them. But there's there because of the way that they work, kind of only one person speaking at a time. And you it, you need that little second to think about what the person said and it's just ever so slightly different, isn't it, than a normal, you know, being in the pub or being anywhere, in a restaurant, in a bar, whatever, and just having that social dynamic. I think that's what, what it is. If I had to pinpoint it, it's the social dynamic where conversations happen at a million miles an hour and somebody jumps in and says, oh, that reminds me of this. That kind of can't happen on Skype and Zoom group calls. So I guess it's I guess it's that. But there's also... Things like food, you know, I do miss just there's a pub around the corner from us that does amazing burgers. And I'd love a kind of a burger and a Guinness would be great. <laughs> yeah, I would like a roast dinner when Sunday comes. I'm like, oh, roast dinner without me having to cook it. That would be fantastic. Yeah, big Yorkshire puddings. It yeah. would be great. Well, Carly, thank you so much. I, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. It's really kind. Thank you very much for listening to the What Happens Now podcast. The coronavirus outbreak affected us all, and it was responsible for me losing my brand new job as an event director back in March. Because of the date I started, I wasn't eligible to be furloughed, so it really was a slap in the face for me. The positive being that it led to the start of this podcast. I really hope you've enjoyed listening, and if you have, then please visit my GoFundMe page where you can donate and help support the podcast's future and also support the NHS. 25% of your donation will go to the NHS charities together, which helps them continue to provide £1 million a day to the NHS. Just visit gofundme.com and search for What Happens Now podcast. Thank you.